Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner here, your host on Passionate World Radio. Today we're going to be talking about the difference between being gullible, naive, or trusting. And what are the implications for each? So I'm very pleased to be with you today and I'm joined as usual by my great friend uh, Rachel Davidson. Both of us are international best-selling authors mm -hmm. and we want to explore this whole theme of my naivety, mm -hmm. gullibility and trust with you because so many people in, at so many levels are affected by um, not trusting, you know, something's happened earlier in their, their life yep. and so they close down and they are not prepared to, to trust anybody of that particular yep. um, ilk um, because of something that's happened. Mm. Or the people who continue to be gullible um, around things and to take no responsibility yep. and find themselves in tricky situations because of their gullibility. Yes. And so to explore you know, where does gullible become naive and where does naive become um, trusting? Yes. And what are the implications? Seemed a really good thing to explore with our um, our guests today. Yes, because it's, there's, a, there's another couple of phrases, a couple of words that come to mind around sort of, you know, innocence versus cynicism and, yes. you know, these sort of spectrums that, that, that yeah. are similar, um, you know, journeys, aren't they, uh, between being gullible and being... Um, trusting and being the opposite which is you know very cynical very um mistrusting yeah. assuming that um there's no point because they'll only let me down and all of these yeah. kind of stories that can get and of course us. each of the approaches has its consequences because every choice we make has consequences mm. i think before we start it would be useful to just define what we mean mm -hmm. in the context of this program because everybody as they do with all language, will have their particular meaning that they make of these words. And I think if we're going to share, then it's important that we clarify in the context of this programme what we're talking about. So for me, gullibility is when you take no responsibility in questioning what's offered to you. You yes. take it at absolutely face value. And you do it because not because you're trusting, mm. but because you want it to be so. Yeah. So let me give you a couple of examples. Um, I see lots of clients who their relationships with the opposite sex, I would say, is gullible. Mm -hmm. Because some smooth talker, and it could be man or woman, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not, this is not gender based. Mm -hmm. But somebody comes and promises what they dream of. Um, whether that's that they will value them and listen to them, that they will spoil them, look after them, uh -huh. and they are suckered in more because of their own emotional need than because of what the other person is offering. 
Yes, it's like it's like their conscience is probably tapping on the door saying, mm, be careful, be careful, but it's such a small voice. because In comparison to, I need to be loved, yeah. I want to be valued. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just want this, and I don't want to hear any negatives about it, because I'm just going to have yes. this. Um, it's that child that's going to eat the marshmallow now rather than wait for the two that yeah. down the line. It's you know it's all tied up into that kind of psychology, isn't it? And it's such a complex thing because what's the difference between that and trusting mm-hmm. what somebody says? Yes. And I would say that for me, it's the difference between if it's a one-off and it's a pattern. You know, if some you meet somebody and, and you trust them and what they say is true. Mm-hmm then the next time you meet somebody, you are more likely to trust them. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, a, a consistent string of relationships that have failed because what you thought you were getting in terms of somebody who is loving and caring then turns out to be somebody who's abusive, and yes. I'm using extremes here to just to, to sure. demonstrate, yeah. um, you'd think that they would learn that the next relationship with the same sort of, of promises are made that they would be ha- perhaps more wary. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, at the other end of the spectrum is somebody who's been hurt and then closes down emotionally. Yes. Um, because, well, I trusted somebody and they hurt me, so I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. Mm-hmm. And in the doing of that, they stay completely isolated and lonely. Mm-hmm. So for me, gullibility, or the opposite of gullibility, is about taking some responsibility. It's is around... I will take what you say at face value, but I'm going to explore further before I actually act upon it. Yes. Um, I mean, we were talking before the show about somebody who was complaining that they were pregnant Mm -hmm. because they had trusted an app which uh, looks at your temperature um, and it said it was 98% um, infallible Mm -hmm. um, and they'd become pregnant. Yes. Well... 98% 98% actually is still leaves a, a margin for error. Yeah. But of course, what's that information based on? They, yeah. we, anybody, I can say, well, you know, I'm 100%, I get 100% results from everything I do. Mm. It'd be nice if it was true. Mm-hmm. I get great results, mm-hmm. but for me, the work that I do with people is also dependent, not upon just, in fact, more dependent upon whether the other person yes. is ready to engage and, yes. and willing to, to make some changes. Yes, I mean, it's lies, damn lies and statistics, isn't it? And Absolutely. The point, the point of that is that it, it, you are made, you, you will appear gullible if you don't just check in that, you know, the facts that you're being told are, do they add up? Yes. Or, or the emotional feeling, you know, check in with yourself, consider. Yeah. You don't... Um, I could go into contract law and all of the gullibility yes. around that aspect of, of it. And, but the, the fundamentals of contract law, the same about emotional law really, is they are know, indeed. if you've got two parties wanting to achieve an objective, um, there is a contract between them. But it only becomes a contract if both parties have given true consideration to what. And agree and follow through. Yeah, otherwise it's an unfair contract in sort of, you know, legal terms. But you know, it's an unbalanced emotional yeah. state to be in. In, in those terms, and that's because people who don't people who don't think and consider before they jump yeah. can rightly be called gullible. Yeah. They would they would be called risk takers and brave if their if it gambles worked, but, but not if they don't. But if it doesn't, then then they're called foolish and, and gullible. And that's the challenge, isn't it, for anybody? Is when 
if the only time you know whether the difference is gullible or actually quite clever mm. is if it works or not. Mm. Hindsight's a wonderful science, but mm. you haven't got hindsight before you start. No. So for me, gullible, you know, to avoid being gullible, you need to do due diligence. Yes. And whether that's in a contract situation or in a relationship situation, yeah. I think it's sensible to do that. But when does gullible become naive? Because mm. for me, it's a bit of a continuum, and naivety, I think, is... And I, this could be completely different to other people's view. Gullibility for me is when um, there's a pattern. Mm. Naivety is when it's the first time mm. that you want something to be so and that you take things at face value and they turn out not to be the case. Mm. Um, and naivety can be around inexperience. Mm. Um, naivety can be around um, trusting um, in that circumstances, that what you see and what you hear is what you get. Yeah, naivety for me has a much more childlike aspect to, yeah. to the word. So, I mean, you can think of um, innocent children as being naive. Yes. Um, it's when they continue that innocence, that that um, lack of street wiseness, that you can then begin to say gullible. And one of the great jokes that uh, were in the family was, you know. Oh, if you look, if you um, look up the word gullible, they've got your picture next to it, and um, and I can distinctly remember being a kid saying, "Really? Yes, gullible to a deal I was." Yeah. And obviously, the process of growing up and experiencing, you start to learn to that, that what people say to you on face value is not necessarily no. what they mean. I think it's become much more complex because if you think of over the last few, well, two or three years, oh. false news. False news, exactly. Um, yeah. Go back to times before the internet. Yeah. Your sources of information were newspapers, radio, uh -huh. TV, uh -huh. um, libraries and books and encyclopedias. Uh -huh. And there was a much greater sense that the information that you had was reliable. Yeah. Interestingly, and the paradox, of course, that if you looked at information a hundred years ago, yes. then what was considered reliable and the truth yeah. has changed in the light of people's development of understanding. Yeah, and I think, that, I think the difference between then and now is really just the speed of the supply of information. Because there was just as much propaganda well, there was. out the world as there is now. I, I think that's true, and there's always been bias, mm -hmm. political bias, for example. If you look at two political parties, they will give you a, 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 de a description of exactly the same yeah. thing and give you a completely different take on it. Yeah. And, of course, there are people in political parties, I mean, they, they, there's a rule. They, they put a spin on things. Yes. That's their role, isn't it? Yes. But I think it's not only the speed of information now, but that anybody can put up information with that with no fear of recrimination hmm. whereas at least with papers and tv and, and radio probably less so with politicians hmm. um that they people could have them up for slander or for libel yeah and but also there was time to consider and and interpret and internalize before the next bit yes and you, we don't get that in today's media because no. Um, the news, the news channels, they want to move on to something. You know, even the biggest, most disastrous um, moments um, are um, next day. They're on to something new, and so yeah. you know, it is the um, it is the speed of uh, of um, decisions that you're you know 
are you going to believe this now? Because if you don't make a choice now as to whether you're going to believe it or not, it's gone. Yeah. So you, you get this sense of, oh, I've got to come to a decision. Yeah. And I think that puts people under huge pressure. Mm. And, you know, I'm reminded of when I was in the States where it seems that politics are very polarised. Yeah. Um, and you know, people have a belief which becomes fundamental that they're not prepared to challenge. Mm. And for me, that that smacks of, is it gullibility? Is it naivety? Trust? I don't know. Mm. But they don't question. Mm. They take things at face value. I've been told this. I trust that person. Yeah. No matter what they say, what they do, I trust that person. Yes when actually what they say and what they do seem to be very, very different. Yes. And I find that quite interesting in terms of, of our evolution as a species, mm. how you know, in the early days people um, as cavemen would not trust anybody that was outside their clan. Yeah. You either belonged but there would be people within that clan who had high authority yes. and their word would be law. Yes. Um, and anybody else who was of a lesser standing, mm -hmm. um, you would believe that with, with everything that you've got. Yeah. Because there was no alternative, really. But now we're in a situation, I think we've almost got too many alternatives. Yeah. What do you believe? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is hard, isn't it, to yeah. trust? I, I think... I think it's even harder to trust oneself than it is sometimes to trust others. I think that's a really interesting one. And, you know, trusting oneself um, is probably the hardest thing of all. That mm. actually recognising our own worth, recognising our own responsibilities and trusting that innate sense of what's right. Mm. Part of that, I think, is there's so much white noise going on yeah. that we don't allow ourselves to be still, yes. to actually yes. tune into that inner voice. Yes. Because I do believe that um, that when we do, that our inner wisdom will be trying to serve as well. Mm. But often we ignore that, or we don't even give ourselves to a chance to ignore it. It's simply... Um, it's simply not given any airspace. Yeah, yeah, and, and the thing about trust is, um, it, it's one of those very ephemeral, magical things, isn't it? You, you can, it can feel very solid. Yeah. And then something, something very tiny can happen, and it, it, your trust in something or someone can just evaporate in that second. Absolutely, and once it's gone, it's really difficult to regain it. Yeah, I mean, you think about how uh, you interact with brands. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, Facebook, for instance, and its connectivity to the internet. We don't trust it quite so much as we used to. And so you, then you approach the next time you're doing a Facebook Live with trepidation. Yes. And you think, uh, you know, and then you begin to question why when you're actually going to do it and you start to modify your behaviour so you don't do it those ways. And, you know, the, the brands that we use... Yes. If they if they behave in in a way that doesn't feel great, then well, it's one of the reasons, isn't it, that sponsorship of brands, um, they're very clear about people who don't behave in a way that matches their brand. They get dropped if they are yeah. sportsmen or yeah. personalities who are yeah. who are um, you know, backing up the brand. Yes, but I'm also reminded of if you think about relationships. Mm -hmm. um, 
you see, I can see it so often, you see a relationship mm. um, and one person steps out of the core values. Yes. yes. So fidelity yes. is probably the most common one. Yes. Where if somebody um, has an affair, yeah. that trust is broken, never to be regained. Yeah. And yet there are other people who can move forward and trust again. Mm. Um, so long as the other person doesn't betray that trust a second time. Yeah. And then there are people that I would call gullible who believe the person who is a serial mm. um, uh, affair mm. taker um, and every time they're saying, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Mm. Same with people who abuse, you know, yeah. I'm sorry I've hit you and I've given you a black eye but I, I, I promise I won't do it again. They go yeah. back more and more and more. Yeah. And I think that's more about that they're trusting the dream than trusting the reality. They so want it to be true. Yeah, because the flip side is perhaps they don't trust themselves enough to cope on How their I own. How I manage. Yeah. You know, uh, bet better to be with this person even though they treat me badly than, than to be with nobody at all. You know, how, how would I trust myself to cope and all these questions. And I think for me it comes absolutely to the heart of self-worth. Mm. If you trust yourself, if you actually appreciate and respect and like yourself, yes. um, you are going to be less gullible. Yes. You're going to be less naive in the sense of not childlike, but mm -hmm. naive in the sense that you'll let things go because you want it to be so. Yes. And actually, in trusting yourself, you'll trust that you will know if it's right or not. It's quite a difficult balance, you see. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking of my teenage daughter and how if she tells me some certain things, like um, when she goes over on sleepovers or she went off on a, on a, a trip, this weekend gone, which meant she was away for two nights, and um, and I I wanted to know that she's safe, so I say, can can I have the parents' telephone yeah. please? You know, and she will say to me, don't you trust me, ma'am? And I say, oh, you know what, Esme, it's really not about trust. It's about me wanting to know that I have the ability to keep you safe or to get in touch with you. Or it's just about you know, taking responsibility exactly. as a parent, it's, isn't it? Yes, it's yeah. about practical, sensible, yes. sort of safety stuff, really. And and um, and it's a hard one to answer and to get across to her because, of course, you know, she hasn't had a child herself, so she hasn't had the emotional experience of being totally responsible for yeah. another human life and all these sort of things. And you're trying to sort of say, look, it's not about trust. I do trust you, but on the other hand, I do understand how the world works and how things can happen. Yes. And I actually want to trust that I have done the best in the situation and just little things put in place, which on the face of it look like, you know, oh, you're criticising me and you don't trust this and you don't trust that. But and the trust is two-way. It's also her trusting that actually you've got a best interest at heart. Yeah. And that this is not about you not trusting her, but mm -hmm. recognising that there are risks in this world and you want to minimise them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard in the moment. I mean, I, you know, I should say, well, it's not actually about trust, it's about this. But I think, I just don't know how to answer that in, in any other way other than just to, to deny that it's not about trust. Because there's, well, there's so much emotional baggage over here. No. And I think that's the difference. It's about having trust in terms of the world being a safe place yeah. and recognising that there are, in, there are inherent risks. Because trying to sort of paint the opposite to her, you know, trying to say to her, well, 
would you be would you feel more trusted if you had a mother who just went oh I don't need to tell you tell me where you're off going you go. I trust you you yeah. know you're come back when you want to yeah I totally yeah. trust you does, yeah. does that make you feel safer even though on the face of it you're you're being trusted more is is that the is that the better situation and I think it all comes down to the use of words doesn't yeah. it yeah I mean one of the things that strikes me is if let's put this into the work context mm. and managers trusting their team to get on and managers mm. often feel that their trust has been abused when something hasn't worked out yeah I think that's naive mm. and I think actually for managers if things aren't working out then you have to look to yourself first yeah have you set it up properly levels of autonomy or authority are you delegating to people who have the skill based and the experience or are you just you know, is it dereliction of duty and you just dumped it? Yeah. Uh, and so, although it looks as if it's personal and professional, they're very different, I don't think they are that different. No, no. I think the parameters within which you set your daughter up, and, you know, but these are the parameters. Within that, I will trust you to make your own judgments. But outside that, I am taking... The, or the delegated authority to make this as um, the most likely for you to have a successful outcome. It's yeah. the master, it's the servant master, isn't it, in yeah. terms of COVID, yeah. rather than I'm going to be authoritarian and you do what I say, yes. or I'm going to be very collegiate and you know, we'll have a big discussion about this and come to a consensus. Yeah. Um, but providing your children or your staff or whoever mm. with the the context and the uh, the climate that they can grow and that they can begin to take greater responsibility mm. seems to be much more important yeah yeah and trust is something that builds and builds and yes Brenny Brown has a, a good example of um, of when trust and, and naivety come into play she talks about the trust jar with when she talking to her own daughter yes i think the scenario is that her her daughter had um had t told a friend at school um something a secret or yes. something about herself and then um straight after a break time into the next lesson the whole class knew about it and was laughing at her yeah. and she came home very upset and and, and i think Brené brown sort of talks her through the the idea that you know people will let you down but you know, if you have this concept of a trust jar in that Every time somebody sort of underlines and demonstrates behaviour that makes you feel safe around them, that yes. makes you feel I can trust them to to hear some of my inner thoughts and yes. not not be nasty or do something yeah. with it, then you you put a stone in the trust jar. And every time they do something that is a little bit um, less than than great, you you can take a stone out. Yes. And there are people who will fill up those trust jars and there are other people who constantly have them empty because they're always doing yeah. stuff. And her point is, you know, um, not to overreact. Yes. That you don't just take the whole jar and, and ditch it because of somebody's bad behaviour yeah. once. But if on a regular basis they are demonstrating that they don't have the same values as you, that they don't, yeah. don't, um, they don't uh, yeah, that they don't value certain behaviours and you do and that's hurtful to you, then then these jars, these levels of trust, yes. are indicative of, is this a good person to be around? Yeah. Is this a bad person yeah. to be around? I think that's a really good metaphor, isn't mm. it? Um, because I'm struck by how many people I meet who have had a bad experience in a relationship, for example, yeah. 
And their view is, I'm going to close my heart, I'm not going to trust anybody. Yeah. Um, and you, know, you look at them, if they were happy in that decision, yes, that would be different. But for the vast majority of them are lonely and unhappy and feel unfulfilled. Yes. Because what they yearn for, mm-hmm. like most of us, mm-hmm. is love. Yeah, and of course you can't feel love if you are determined not to feel hurt hurt and fear at times as well. So if you're closing off all the negative, I will never be hurt again, the only way to do that is to close off everything. But in doing that, of course, you are still being hurt, but you're being hurt by you and not by others. Yes. Because you're keeping yourself so tight and so small that you lose the opportunity for something very special. Well, the opposite to feeling... Is nothing. It is to feel. Is to be numb, isn't yeah. it? It's and that's not living, as no. far as I'm concerned. No. And yet, there are many people who live in this incredibly um, neutral world where they're frightened of feeling negative emotion. Mm-hmm. They've got this view that many um, uh, people into self-help say the the, the the way to deal with this is you just feel positive. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's down. What well, is impossible. <laughs> But it's downright dangerous because what people do is tamp down their emotions. Yes. And in doing so, they create dis-ease. Yes. Um, that people become unhappy and that creates, we, we now know there's enough research to know that, yes. that people who do that um, not only suffer from things like depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. but also there are physical manifestations in terms of the immune system, mm-hmm. blood pressure and uh, and cancer and so on, mm. um, that, you know, that if you were able to strip it back, mm. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but a large element of that is yes. that they are unhappy. Yes. Um, yes. And so life's a risk. You know, there are times when you've got to put yourself out there yeah. and take a risk that you will get hurt. Yes. But it's not, uh, it's not terminal. No, and the biggest investment that you can do is to mitigate life's yeah. risk is to invest in yourself and it's that analogy of you know the bird does not trust the branch beneath its feet to support it it trusts its wings yeah lovely and it's that analogy that allows you to sort of you know stand up go out into the world you know yeah take the knocks get up trust that you've got the capability that a better day will come and out of those knocks out of those experiences we grow now you don't go out and seek them out but inevitably, it is through life's challenges that actually we develop and grow. Yeah. And I'd be very sad to think that if from from a single experience that people close down. Yes. Um, that they they close down the possibilities. Yeah. At the same time, I think it's very sad when people continue to be gullible mm. and suckered in because of something that they are they dream of achieving. Yeah. And they lack the self-worth that believes that they can achieve that from something positive. Yes. That they've got to take the first apparent lifeline. Because yes. if I don't take this one, then there's going to be nobody else. Yes. Or nothing else. Yes. And it is tough. I mean, my daughter comes home regularly and sort of says, oh, you know, so, so-and-so, a friend, um, she was gossiping and she, she told this friend that I was also gossiping and, you know, snores like this. Yes. And I say to her, look, you know, the, these, these people, Esme, I mean, you know, you have to learn and, and begin to understand that this is, for whatever reasons, this is how they're operating in the world. Mm-hmm. So you need to learn to modify your behaviour around yes. to protect yourself. 
but ultimately, these people are actually bloody good lessons. They are. And I think that most people who gossip, for example, mm. are gossiping because in order to feel better about themselves, yeah. they are bad-mouthing or recognising the frailties in other people in, a, in such a way that's not recognising we're all vulnerable. It's but an actually, easy way, isn't I it? I feel better than you. I feel superior to you yeah. in that moment. Yeah, and it's an easy way to build a connection with somebody. Yeah. Is, is to create a sort of a common enemy yeah. to who can then gossip about. Yes. But it's not trustworthy behaviour. No. <laughs> and if you look at core values, you know, if your core one of your core values is um, about caring and compassion, uh -huh. there is no room for gossip. Oh. Is there? No, because I was you know, anybody who's listening to gossip about somebody else. You know, but once you get past the sort of the slightly soap opera entertainment yes. angle of it, there has to be in any sane person a little voice in their head going, "Is this person going to be gossiping about me?" Well, if the they do it about minutes? one, then yeah, yeah. But people don't, do they? No, they don't seem they, to have that sense. That's of, the gullibility. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That actually um, we're gossiping because we're an in crowd, yeah, but those yeah. out there, yeah. Um, but it generally comes back to bite you in the bottom, I think. Uh, yeah, because, you know, it's not trustworthy behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in the last, you know, two or three minutes that we've got, I think for me it would be worth to reiterating what we said at the beginning of this, is that it's in being quiet mm -hmm. and tuning into our intuition, our inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that we can ask ourselves the question, am I being gullible? Mm. Is this... Is this right? Do I need any other information? Do I need to check this out? Yes. Um, before I then trust that this is absolute truth. Yes. Because our truth comes from our perception. Yes. Our perception comes from our beliefs and the information we have at that time. Yes. Doesn't make it right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we're being gullible if we believe that all our beliefs are serving us. Yeah, if you, if you come across people who have absolute certainties in their life... Or they worry me. Then, then they are fundamentally gullible, naive people, because the point about life is to seek and to understand. Yeah. And then, having got to a point where you feel comfortable with that, to then go another layer. Yes. There's never certainties. No. Of course, the other end of it is that if you are so untrusting mm. that you never believe anybody, that you never trust anybody, yeah. then that in itself brings with it other damaging yes. um, outcomes. Yes. So for me, it's it's got to be about taking reasonable steps to check things out, to trust that inner voice. You know, if your, your your gut feel is that this isn't right, mm. I would say the chances are mm. it's not right. Go find out why you feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then for the most part, you can take a bit of time to check it out. So going yeah. back to when I had this phone call saying um, you know, that I was going to be in trouble Famous for own money, yeah. um, I put the phone down and I phoned the trading standards people and I phoned the firm that this guy said that he came from and it was a, a well-known national firm. Mm. They'd never heard of him. The trading mm. standards people said this is a scam. Yeah. My confirmation was that something wasn't quite right. Yeah. It was absolutely true. It wasn't quite right. Yeah. Now, 
in a sense, that's a really straightforward way of example. I think it becomes much more challenging when we're talking about emotional trust and naivety. Yeah. But nevertheless, if you have a pattern of people letting you down, instead of looking at them, look to you. What is it in what they say and what they do that, that sucks you in yeah. to believe? And is the basis of that that your self-worth and confidence are low? Yeah. That's where you need to work yes. in order to be able to trust yourself yeah. to trust others. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I would say to all of you, for me and for you, think about your sense of self mm. and that's the place to work on. Yeah. And if we can help you, there's loads of stuff on the website which is www.genuinely-you.com um, and you can get a free download of my latest best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. You'll find that on the website. All of my books and Rachel's book, The Point of Me, are on Amazon. But please do go to www.thegenuinely-u.com and you'll find lots of free resources. And there's a free app too. Thank you very much for joining us. Really pleased to have been with you today. Um, this is Gina Gardner, your host on Passionate World Radio, saying cheerio, take care and sending you lots of love. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.